0: Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Uh, we do it with a bedtime story, and all you need to do is get in, uh, get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to try to do the rest. What I'm going to try to do is create a safe place uh, where you can set aside whatever's giving you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts and, you know, things on your mind. Uh, physical feelings, emotion, you know, anything you're experiencing, you know, whatever's keeping you awake. You could, you could be traveling, uh, you could be, see, whatever, whatever. I'd like to distract you from that. What I'm going to do is, uh, the safe place, one, there's no expectation on you. Uh, really, you no, know, no expectation of you to listen to me. You don't even have to like the podcast. All I usually ask is you give it a few tries, um, you know, see see what you think. But but and ideally, it'll put you to sleep, but you're also under no pressure to fall asleep. That's why I make the episodes about an hour, because I'll be here. And what I do is I send my voice across the deep dark night. I use uh, lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Tonight, I, I don't know. I, suddenly, my voice has become extra creaky and dulcet right when I sat down to record. I think it's because my this may be what do you call it when you try to uh like when you use evidence false evidence inducing whatever what do you call that uh, anyone because uh like my oven's on I don't know if that has anything to do with my voice being extra creaky uh I have something in the oven it's not a bun in the oven thanks for uh, all you that were saying th- saying thinking that that's fine I you know that was that's funny. Scoots is making a big announcement tonight. We're live outside Sleep With Me Studios, uh on the grass here. This little packet, patch patch of grass. Oh, by the way, reporter, that's where Co, that's Co's um pri- you know, that's her bathroom. Oh, we're live here outside Sleep With Me podcast studios on the sidewalk. Great. Uh, uh Scoots has got a big announcement he's about to make. Uh, but actually, I'm trying to do, you know, this isn't the best time for a news report, believe it or not. Uh, I was, I think you're here because I, I was going to announce I have something in the oven, but it's not a bun in the oven. Also, I don't know what year you've come from for news reporting, uh, but I don't know if that was ever like, it doesn't seem like an offensive term, I guess because a bun just like a... Uh, but but I, I guess they don't use that term anymore. Yeah, I mean I guess my part of my brain does. But I got I, I can't do a news report. I got to get back to the listeners. I was just trying to explain. Oh, let me take that mic from you, actually. Thanks. What's your name, Brad? Bradley. I think that's a big newsperson's name. Oh, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Um, yeah, I was trying to make a, a correlation. I think that's what it is—a false correlation between the fact my oven's on and my voice feels extra creaky don't know if that's true or not, but, I, you know, I thought I'd say it. Uh, Brad, here, I'll try to pitch you as the new listener, Brad. How do you feel about that? You're just trying to do a news report. Well, I'm just trying to open a pod. Well, I guess we're both trying to do something. I'm trying to open a podcast. Oh, I'm trying to bake. Well, no, 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 I'm not trying to bake anything. Something's in the oven. I don't know if it a good question, Brad. Brad, I got a question for you. When you have something in the oven... Are you baking it? What's the difference between baking, roasting, and the um? What's the one they say when you go to a restaurant that is cooked in a liquid, braising? What do you know? Any of the differences between those? Okay, Brad's refusing to answer these questions. Uh, let me lay it on you, Brad. I, I think it's like half submerged in liquid and covered. Is that uh? Do you think it's roasting or? Uh, the other one, I already forgot what that word was in the liquid. You know, you don't know. Neither do that's the thing. I don't know either. But you said I was baking. I'm sure I'm not baking anything. Anyway, I'm going to bake a sleepy cake as fast as I can. It will actually be slow, about an hour. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to correlate my creaky dulcet tones to the fact the oven's on, Brad. Because I make a podcast to put put people, in your case, Brad, if I was, uh, you know, doing it personally for you, and your feathered hair, and your perfect jaw, and uh, no, no, I'm just being complimentary. No, 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 the sleep podcast involves very strict boundaries. I can compliment you, but I don't mean it. No, I'm kidding. You do, like, it, I'm just stating, I'm correlating, Uh, you know, you, you're just, a, oh, because you can't compliment something when it's a figment of, within your own mind based on your self-image. No, 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 Brad, you're not based on me at all. Anyway, Brad, back to the comple—back to the compliments, and, uh, I forgot, oh, I was going to say, um, the podcast to put you to sleep, Brad, in this case, it says Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts Brad to sleep, we do it the bedtime story, Brad. Okay, I'll stop saying your name. And what I usually do, the structure of the show, if you're new here, since you are, is, is the first report, uh. I get really tempted to keep repeating your name. I like to do that for some reason. And that's one sign you're not going to like the package. You say, well, how many times are you going to say Brad? And, the, and I said, well, there was one. I remember an intro in the two or three hundreds that I said Brad even more because I was talking about Brad and then I started talking about Brads. So those things uh, used to used to hold screenplays and reports together. Hey, Brad, what are the odds your last name's Brass? That, like, that would be a real good news person's name. Brad Brass, you're reporting and the bun in Scooter's oven. It turns out he's doing that thing where he, braising, he may be braising, he may be roasting, but he's not baking a bun in his oven. Brad, 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 what was it again? You don't know either. Uh, it's Brad Brass, Br- Brad Brass, uh, reporting. Uh, do, 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 what do you think? Maybe you should maybe you could start out with a Reading Rainbow segment. That sounds more like a kid on Reading Rainbow. Today's story, the podcaster that had a bun in his oven. It's the story of a reporter who goes to investigate. I liked this book because it was so silly. This is Brad Bratterson reporting. And then it goes, but I'm bummed. You know that? Are you you're familiar with Reading Rainbow? No. Hmm. It's uh, it's not. That doesn't give me the greatest faith in our news system, Brad. You don't know what Reading Rainbow. This is Scooter live uh, doing a podcast intro within a podcast intro for Brad. You're right, Brad. I shouldn't be doing any Reading Rainbow based shaming. What would LeVar Burton say? He probably wouldn't be happy with me, but it would be. But yeah, you're right, because this is what's all within my own mind. It's probably okay. Anyway, Brad. Usually, the structure of the show, since you're new here, is about a five minute, you know, covering the, getting the business stuff out of the way. Then we do eight to twelve minutes of an intro where I try to explain, in this case, uh, to a proxy reporter named Brad 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 Brass. Uh, how the podcast works. That's like, it, that puts a lot of people to sleep. For some people, the intro is a show within itself. Uh, it feels familiar, but it's because like, this is the first time you've been on it, Brad. No offense, it'd probably be the last. Brad Brass is hard to say because uh, I have to have a high sibilance awareness, Brad Brass. And also, uh, it rhymes with so many, like, I just want to keep rhyming it and then, you know, do something like throw you out of my pretend office. And say, get your, you know, out of here, brass. Uh, anyway, Brad. Uh, so then and then we'll do a story uh, tonight. It'll be like a little bit of. Uh, it'll be. I don't know what it'll be. I mean, I think I know what it'll be, but it never turns out like that. But I'll have lulling, soothing tones. I'll take my time getting there. Oh wait, this was supposed to be a thirty-second report. Oh, this was supposed to be a joke. You're supposed to be. This was a joke report. Oh, lighthearted segment—that's what you call it at the news station. Well, I guess because I don't have a bun in my oven, you picked you picked the wrong podcast or the report on. I do have, its not baking, Brad. We went over this. It's maybe roasting or uh, the other one. Keeps slipping out. What do you think that? What do you think's the deal with that, Brad? Do you ever wonder why? Like, why's your mind? Like, my mind's fumbling with that word. I really can't. It's like some things. It's like some words have a mail slot in my brain and some don't. And like I go to put it in the mail slot, it just drops on the floor. Yeah, just like I'm. I am imagining I'm working in a hotel lobby, exact, an old fashioned one. You're right, Brad. It's uh brazing Brad, brazen Brad. We could call you. Why don't you? Let's. How about that, Brad? Brazing Brad, brass, like uh A couple things we could pitch that we could get to Food Network. You could have your own brazing show. I don't like brazing with Brad Brass. Doesn't have the same punch. I wouldn't pitch. I would only pitch brazing Brad Brass. Also, then I can write a a, a, like a biography about you, raising brazing Brad Brass. Yeah, no, I work with a niche publisher. We only publish fake uh, biographies about fake people, with, you know. Oh, you didn't know you weren't real. You didn't catch on when, when you, I renamed you Brazing Brad Brass. Oh, the days when you were at the schoolyard, Brad, running around, telling the other kids about cooking and liquids at uh, 325. So do you think that's brazing? I mean, you'd be the only one I'd ask. I mean, if we could have started, we, we, this intro would have been two or three minutes if I would have known when we started, you were bra- like that, the report outside, reporting outside of my apartment was the one, the only Brazing Brad Brass. I could have said, Brad, well, first of all, you'd probably lose your name because you thought I was baking something. Um, oh, Brazing Buns. You're right. That could be our first episode. Brazing Buns in an oven with Brazing Brad Brass. All right, you're catching on, Brad. We'll be fine. Uh, uh, you know, but yeah, like uh, I could have just gone outside and been like, "Hey, are you, wait a second, are you braising Brad Brass? Because it has something in my oven. It's cooking. We we can we can all agree on that. It is cooking, uh, but I'm not quite sure if I'm baking it, roasting it, or braising it. Uh, but so I want to run it by the only person I could, uh, you, Mister Brass. The brazer. Did they call you the brazer at some point? Like when you got to middle school, you went from brazing Brad to the brazer? You don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, anyway, believe it or not, Brad. Oh, wait, I was doing a a personal podcast intro for brazing Brad brass. What did you say, Brad? Oh. (laughs) uh, Seuss just turned over? Really? Because they overused alliteration? Oh, well. Uh, t- I'll tell you what. Uh, t- t- uh, I'll take your, I'll take your sous and raise you a shell Silverstein if, if you want me to keep alliterating, buddy. Hey, I'm just, I'm not, I don't, I don't get aggressive. I, that was faux aggression. Don't worry, Brad. I'm glad you're here because really, if you're, I mean, if you're, like clearly, these news reports are tough on you because you showed up here under some kind of pretense that I had a bun in my oven. And really, you just want to spread the love of brazing across the globe. Just nationally, oof. So you're a nationalist brazer. Holy moly, Brad! You're you're like you're you really are. Uh, I don't I don't get you. I don't understand you at all anymore. I didn't even know brazers came, and like that like uh, that's really limiting, Brad. But maybe when I take you under my wing uh you can see the full horizon's of cuz what i was going to say is it seems like uh you want to spread your love of bra- and that's what i how, why i started this podcast it's a little different uh, i had trouble sleeping like to uh, like telling rambling stories and you know having this kind of uh, uh senseless banter with imaginary figures it's, it seems like my area of expertise i'm no brazer i may be brazing and podcasting at the same time uh, but mostly I just like putting people to sleep with my silly stories and, and I'm, I'm glad I can help you, uh, as you try to decide, uh, the focus of your next stage of your career. Uh, you could, I don't know, Brad, I, I can't even, I don't even know if I should pitch the audience on that. Blazing, the blazing brazer, Brad Brass. So it'd be like a barbecue brazing show. Oof. I don't, you're not going to, are you going to like bleach your hair? Anyway, I got to go, Brad, believe it or not, like this has been lovely. Uh, I mean, I'll be thinking about this until the thing's out of the oven. Uh, But like, I got to get, like, let me pretend you're my audience. So anyway, Spycast is a little bit different, if you haven't noticed. Uh, a little bit silly, Uh, but you don't have to pay attention. You know, you don't have to fall asleep. You just kick back and listen If you're new here, like the the Quad B or whatever we're going to call this uh, reporter, Quad B, I knew you'd like that. But uh, if you're new here, you're welcome. You know, I can't promise this podcast doesn't work for everybody. It takes a few times, especially if you're skeptical. Why wouldn't you be? Oh, goodness. Brad just said he's a braze. Did you just say he's a skeptic about bra? Non-nationalist brazing skeptic. Anyway, holy mackerel. Well, you know, we're not even supposed to talk about this stuff. Like braising is supposed to be one of those areas. It is confusing though, because, and I'm not, still not sure if I'm baking, roasting or braising, And we're all. Anyway, I apologize for Brad's, Brad, but you know, but he's, he's, he's really young. He's a young, young man. Uh, but I'm glad you're here. And I really hope and really yearn to help you fall asleep. Thanks for stopping by uh all right hey everybody this is uh scooter and welcome to uh i guess like i'm always like i get I, I get these ideas and one of the great things about the podcast is i get to test out random ideas and this might be a little dated when it gets released but uh like uh, it will one this won't be dated like i don't know how many of you listen to the podcast my brother my brother and me with the McElroy's uh, but you should check it out and, uh, but, but, uh, if you don't and you say, well, who, uh, let me tell you who listen, Lynn Manuel Miranda listens to my brother, my brother and me. So there you go. Also, I like to listen to it. And in a recent episode with well, the last episodes that I heard that came out, uh, they were talking about like the, the changing of the year in January and, and uh what are we going to call this new year? And one of the pitches was a 20 Riven Teen. Uh, and, okay, they heard the crickets. They say, what did, you, what did you say, Scoots? They say, yeah, 20 Riven Teen. And named after 20 years, I think, no, maybe not. Is it 20 Riven, is the Riven 20 years old or 10 years old? I don't know. Oh, wow, it is 20 years old. So... Uh, right, twenty ninety seven. So, hmm. And uh, I it, 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 like. I remember. I kind of remember the game Riven. And then on this particular episode, which uh, hopefully I'll link to, they also had this other thing they talked about, which uh, kind of drew me in for maybe the second half of this episode. Uh, But I was thinking about this game, Riven. So Riven was a PC game. Now, I'm not going to tell like, uh, I won't tell you any facts uh, uh, because, uh, like, yeah, but I guess this would be, like, so this is a Tuesday episode. Maybe it'll be trending, rending Riventeen. I guess that's what it'd be, rending Riventeen, an episode in honor of Riventeen. And hopefully we can make this into a two part of like a two, like a, like where the story will carry into the next thing. Uh, but so Riven was a video, a PC Mac game. Uh, I think pre 1997, it came out. So pre console. And it was a sequel to the game Mist. And, uh, here's what I remember about it personally. Cause in the night, like, so this would have been the late nineties uh like I guess the game was re released. I, I don't I don't know the date. Uh uh but like uh this was the time I was in a relationship. I was living like a, like a late nine the end of the nineties. So I guess not that long. I don't think I played the Riven in ninety seven, but maybe at the end of the nineties I played it. Maybe the early aunts. Uh I'm not sure I played Mist and maybe like so if you're a huge Riven or Mist fan, uh you know, maybe, maybe take, like, uh, I don't know what to tell you because I probably will, like, also, if you've listened to this podcast, my memory just uh, doesn't really, it, like, re- records stuff when it feels like it. And then she says, well, let me show you this picture. I'm not, you make sense of it. And that's what it was like when I took a test, too. would say, well, I'll show you these numbers. Go ahead and figure it out. And i say, no, 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 you're my brain. You're supposed to help me here. Well, yeah, here's a couple of pictures of stuff. That's what's in my head right now. Here's a couple of pictures of stuff. Uh, but let me tell you the most prominent pictures right now was uh, so uh, like I, I, I was living with my girlfriend at the time and uh, she was not a gamer. And I think like uh, this, like we talked about video games and not that long ago. And I think this was at one point, actually, I think, okay, I'm pretty sure this was the end of the 90s because I'm pretty sure I know what my job was, uh, was when I was installing ergonomic, like, keyboard trays and stuff like that. Um, almost positive that's making more and more sense, maybe. And uh, let's see. So I remember, so she was not a video game player at like uh Like, not at all. Like, and I hadn't been. And I think, uh, so we must have had a computer. So maybe I'm getting my, I may be getting some of my dates mixed up here. But, uh, so somewhere between 1997 and 2000, this could be anywhere in those four or five years. uh, We were like in, I, I know exactly where we were. We were in Pleasanton. And so this was still when you would buy, like, we were driving there. For, we were out there for some reason. And this was, like, uh, and if you listen to that video game episode, what are the two things I used to love doing, uh, drinking and playing video games? And it, Mist and Riven are different, which we'll get to. Uh But so um I didn't think this would be video game heavy, but I guess, like, trying to explain Riven... I really want my brain to work with me here because it's a rich environment. So let's see. So what happened was, uh, there used to be those computer, like there was stores where you would buy computers, like kind of like Best Buy. I don't know what they were called. Comp USA, maybe, uh, where you could buy video games. Uh, I have a couple other memories about the stores like that, but so, and also, there was a, a Bevmo. So at some point, we we're out there. And I said, Jesus, let me, let's just go into this comp. say, maybe we needed something other else too. But I think I pitched her on this Riven. I said, like, maybe I'd read about it or heard about it. And, and I'm pretty sure it was Riven and not Mist, but it could be wrong. It could be Mist, but I'm pretty sure it's Riven. Uh, so we must have had a decent computer. So that, that would make it more in the later 90s. Um, like that must've been what happened is I, I remember I got a decent computer at some point and then I said, well, if I have a computer, I might as well start playing games again. And yeah, that makes sense. Cause I probably got it with like a decent card and a decent sound card. Yeah. This is all starting to make sense. I still have, you want to talk about when you buy, you want to talk about going off subject, but, uh. Uh, So this is 20 years ago-ish, like, or 18, I mean, maybe 18 or 17 years ago. So when I bought that computer, this computer that we're talking about that I would play Riven on, it came with computer speakers. I still have those computer speakers. And I don't know if it's some sort of an anomaly or because the speakers, they came with computer but it was, like, a little bit better. Like, I bought it from an independent computer store that sold PCs, PC cologne-type computers. And I think they had, like, like different levels. Like, you could customize, but it was basically, like, a super cheap one, the middle one. And, and this was when computers were still, like, kind of expensive. Like, not to, like, uh, but so I got to, like, the middle model, which came with these speakers, which were, like, it's just two speakers and a subwoofer, woofer. But the sound that comes out of these computer speakers, not only is it good, I mean, I'm not an audiophile, but like most computer speakers have weak sound. Like, uh, this one, like it, I can't even put it at full volume, like, uh, like still it would, bl- it would blow the windows out and which is just strange. I think the I don't even know what brand they are. I think the company, I think maybe, I don't know, um, but, yeah, like, talk about getting your money's worth. There's still, I keep them in my kitchen attached to the uh, Echo Dot. And you like, use those speakers every single day. now, still 20 years later, comp- and these are, like, little uh, square computer speakers. 20 Riventeen, the year I talk about computer speakers. But so, uh, so we went to, so at some point we are out in Pleasanton, California, which is, like, a suburb of the Bay Area, not too far out there. And I think at the time, it was the only place there was an In-N-Out Burger. Uh, like, there wasn't any in uh, the Bay, like the, like in Oakland or uh, San Francisco. And so, we, were, I'm sure we ate an In-N-Out Burger, and then we probably went to BevMo and got some wine and beer. Uh, and then, at some point, we went to this video game store, and then I said, like, we got to check this game Riven out. And because it's like, uh, there's games like this now on the iPad, like a point and click adventure where they're kind of, um, you're meant to discover the story. It, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's not, it's more of like a, a think piece, I guess. I don't know. That might be the wrong use of that word, but like nothing's handed to you on a silver platter, even the controls or anything like my memory of ribbon is. Like the, I'm not sure if it came, how much the literature it came with, but that you start the game and you don't even know what your goal is or like other, like anything, like you just start the game, you're, you're on these islands and my, my, my girlfriend, Natalie, she, she like was like, uh, she was into it uh, cause it was a very, it's a very puzzle based game and I don't know if we completed it, but I remember we spent some good time, like uh, in like taking, like working together and taking notes, a lot of note taking because some of these puzzles were tough. And it's weird that I just made fun of my memory, but I can see all her notes because she she had good handwriting. so her notes would be readable, and she was also good at analytical and, and like math stuff. Uh, but so we would play we played this game. I mean, we, like I don't know how consistently we played it. Uh, and we, I know we never finished it cause it, but because there was a couple puzzles, uh, uh, that we just never got. like, I don't know where we got hung up on or maybe just got burned out, but like my memory of the game is it's very atmospheric. It has very atmospheric music. You're on these islands and there's like, uh, like, uh, architecture I'm pretty sure there's like these uh, like sh- monorail type things that connect the islands and you're trying to get access. I remember like underwater viewing. I think at some point you communicate with a whale or something and that's one of the puzzles and I think a puzzle was like monitoring remotely monitoring lights. And like a, a jungle, I guess maybe this won't take long. Like and then like like it was like very, like very uh, tropical, like these jungles and uh, you know everything slowly rusting. Beautiful, beautiful, beautifully done game. And I actually found like a bunch of w- w- wires from nineteen eighty seven, ninety seven. And I have one on the making of the game that I'm going to send. I think I'm going to send it to Justin on the uh, Mac of my brother, my brother and me, just because he's so nice. But I was like, I'm going to try to read the article first. Um, but so I guess that's what I remember about Riven. I'm trying to think anything more that comes up. I think because I, I didn't know. So I was thinking about Riven, and then I was thinking about. Uh, uh, like, uh, like, like, I was like, to, like, I was like, huh, could it, could that guide us through an episode? Okay. So I was thinking like, uh, how would we do this as a rending, like, how can we like really bring in Riven Teen with, a, you know, like the way it deserves it. Uh, so I, I think I thought of an idea to use a Riven, uh, Rends in a way. Uh, that'll work in in a story, uh, and I guess this is like a little bit of a gift to the McElroy's because like there's such, such a really great people and really great uh, influence on podcasting. Uh, so settle back for the first story of uh, 20 Riven teen, and you might say, you know, geez, what is going to be the link between Riven and this story? And I'd say very little Uh, like maybe the link would be in the circus like nature of my thoughts uh in the thoughts of the news and uh you know the the waning fortunes of uh circuses in in this day and age and the need to have your circus be cutting edge is is i like uh as you know i'm uh, like i'm i'm a I'm a person that thinks about going to, cir- like, circuses a lot, and not necessarily that it, who does, but says, man, uh, I'd like to be a person that goes to, like, more underground circuses, or cirque, or circ, uh, uh, but me, I'm not always that person, and... Uh, but I was like, as you know, I, I'm familiar with the story of the Purple People Circus, uh, the founding. Like, I actually, I don't know anything about the founding. But when the founders met, uh, you might recall the episode. I don't know the episode number. Yeah, uh, but it was uh, the, the title was something about a ventriloquist dummy, and that was about the found. Like when the founders of the well, the creator. And his part, his future partner uh, for the Triple P Circus, the Purple People's Circus. I don't know why it's called it. I, I think I was the one that, that, that gave them the title, the Triple P Circus. I'm just realizing uh, that there's only two Ps. There might be another one. Uh, but Barry, Mr. England, he was in London. Searching for the next big busker, and that's where he met uh, Martha, Martha Mark, and you know they kind of like she she was a, she had this new ventriloquist act, uh, you know a little bit more, uh, but a little bit more her hers was just a little bit more fun that like it was more busker based, uh, like like, like a more modern ventriloquist dummy show where. You're not sure if, it, you know, she's just, but anyway, like they admit, like, uh, I guess that's all we knew was they met on the streets of London where she was busking with her dummy whose name hopefully I have somewhere. Uh, but I, I guess I don't I actually have notes. Uh, what does this say? Money is movie. I don't know. But her dummy was like, uh, <laughs> who's the dummy now? Uh, her, her dummy was kind of over sass and snark. So, so, but whatever, they, they ended up forming, uh, the, like the Purple People's Circus. And if you wanted the details on your their wedding, I'm sure it's at like, you know, circuscelebs.com or something, but I know they used Archer's theme and they, they always say, I say, uh, oh, I, tour, I, trust, I trust theme and I'm not familiar with that song, but I think for. And they were married before the like when the Purple People Circus it consisted of uh, three people if you count the dummy. And you know after they were married they they had this dream of building this new circus, a social circus, subtext, subtextual social circus. Uh, maybe I'm projecting some meaning onto it, but uh, you know there was a, just a circus for the, the for for the day and. Uh, I guess maybe that's what we're seeing now, and I think I talked about it in that episode. And maybe it's where Cirque du Soleil tries to be. I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't want to weigh in on the circus industry. Uh, but uh, so they started searching the world uh, for performers and just traveling and busking when they could to to pay their bills. I guess it was their maybe you could say it was their honeymoon. And I think they, I want to say they were in Prague because I, like, I love, like, I have visited Prague once and I loved it there. And I love the people there and the architecture. And they they were going through, like, what's it called? I don't know the name of anything anymore. But I tell you, there's this one plaza and there's this old church. It's just very mysterious. And then there's a bell tower that I went up or some sort of tower that I was able to go up. And I kept looking at this church. And I said, this is, a, this is something that's that's better. A cathedral, maybe. And you see, you see it. It's, it's, it's on the other side of the river from Prosky Hard. That's what Prosky Rod or whatever you call it, Prague Castle. I call it Prosky Hard. And uh what is it, like uh Starry maestro old town uh but but like uh in near the near the old town and on your way to the Charles Bridge. I think on like the parade grounds or like uh whatever the like road is called. I guess I won't be invited to Prague, but uh so I love, but I love it. That's fine. That that'll make it hurt if you don't invite you know but you uh, like uh you're right, I should get my facts straight. So what was my point? So there's this gatehouse that you go through, I think, a gate room, they call it, uh, and the way there, and they heard the cheers, the cheers of a a happy crowd being, you know, buskies. And it was just breaking up, and, and they saw this gentleman there, And he was dressed in like a, like a strange, strange outfit, like striped pants, clashing with a checkered shirt, but he wasn't a clown. And the crowd was still like, they were going up to him and giving him second tips and clapping and just like disbelief, disbelief. And then they, they looked at each other and they went right up to him and he was packing up cuz it was late afternoon this was the fall and there was a chill in the air and they they they, they played dumb you know they the Mr. England said uh and Mr. England Barry he I think sometimes he uses an English accent but I'm pretty sure we found out he's from Minnesota unless Martha but but anyway it doesn't matter he said hey uh, l- l- I'll just use you know this is a recreation uh, he said, it like, uh, hey, wow, uh, did we miss the show? And the performer said, uh, you you did. I'm just packing up for the night. And he said, oh, it's a shame, dear. I'm sorry that it, you, you won't see. The, 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 she go, he goes, I've been hearing about your performances, like, all over the, the city. People said, you got to get down to my wife. She, she loves, uh, she loves, and he kept pausing. And this guy was kind of, the performer was kind of like, hmm. And, uh, he goes, she really, she really did not want to miss, uh, 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 and he said, Fushigi Art, and he said, well, I gave, yeah, you, what? Yeah, she couldn't, she, no, 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 he goes, I thought this was the Jungle Totem. And he said, Jungle Totem, and he said, well, that's what we heard, it was, uh, it was like a, like a, a guy that could do these, like he could make an illusion of trees and, uh, then he would climb a pole and he would stand at the top of the pole and pretend he was a tree. That's not you. And he said, do you see any poles around here? And Mr. England said, well, does a matter like, uh, like, uh, like wooden poles. No, I don't see any wooden poles. And the, the like, the guy was not. He goes, "Well, honey, I guess it doesn't matter. We don't need to see this show." And she goes, "A shame." Uh, and then she goes, "Dear, this is Martha speaking." She goes, "Dear, what time does this train leave?" And Mister England said, "Well, I'm pretty sure we're we're going to be close to missing it, but the rest of the performers are on their way, on their way to Bucharest, and." And the guy said the rest of the performers, and he said, "Oh yeah, yeah." He goes, "We're we're working on a a, a new circus, uh, and we really wanted the the, the, the totem tree guy uh, for the circus." But yeah, that's fine. We we, we uh, anyway. What did you say? What kind of you said you you're some kind of artist? We thought you were a performer. And the guy goes, "I am a performer, the greatest performer." He he goes. You sh-. He goes. I never even he goes. I've been per- performing in Prague, you know, for months, and uh, never heard of this uh, to-, to like tr- tree totem or whatever. And uh, Mister England said, "Well, I don't know. Like like every survey, you know, these theme like these, these like busker surveys. He uh, goes, you don't go to busker survey uh, island theme dot and the guy, because this was the old days when, like, I think that was the thing. I don't know what year this was, but, you know, how you'd have to go to GeoCities. They think it was, like, a Geo GeoCities website, but com or something. And he said, no, 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 no. And anyway, that was, like, too boring for the podcast. They just, well, like, because it was confusing. And he said, well, anyway, sorry to waste your time. We got to get going. We got to catch a train with all the other performers. We go, we're headed to Bucharest. And then the guy kind of he said, "Well, it's fine." He goes, "Like, uh, he goes, he goes, yeah, well, maybe I'll just do one more show." You go ahead though, and then he started his like warm up, where he said, "Like, he started looking around for kids, and then he started like pretending, like, you know, this is the kind of good. This is when you get into these good perform." Like, he's like started looking frantic, like he's looking for something. And he starts digging through his box and throwing things. And, you know, then the kids that are nearby, he's throwing a rubber chicken and a boot. And then a can comes out of the boots. And it's all this little suitcase. This guy was not a clown, but, but it, like he did have clown influences. A lot of buskers do. And then he's like, you know, then a, like a roller skate. And then he's trying to pick stuff up. Then he slips in, you know, the, he was really like had a comedic, uh, well, very loud, you know, tin cans, like to just get a lot of attention, a lot of noise that we don't need right now, but fun noise. And the funnest noise of all, like kids laughing at it, people, like a banana peel, like all, every, every bit, uh, even, like, uh, he accidentally stand, stands on the rubber, like, he thinks he's, like, he pretends he can't see the rubber chicken. And then he stands on it, and then it's, like, like it makes a noise, and then he, like, looks around. And then the kids are, like, that brings the kids over, because then they say, what? And he says to those, they say, under your feet. And then he pretends that the chicken, he says, oh, oh, Bernice, oh, Bernice, you know. And then the kids are cracking up, and then the adults have to come over. And, and then, he, like, uh, and then he asked the kids to help, just put the stuff away. And then they say, like, uh, the kids say, well, "What do you do?" And he said, "Well, it's gonna like, I'm just gotta get going. I'm headed to Bucharest with these two. Uh, and he said, well, "Like, unless you like, does anybody want a show? Like, like?" And then he goes, "Oh no, I can't do my show because I can't find my, 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 uh, my, my Miss Marmalade." And then they see like he says, like uh, you know, geez, I got to go to the church, I got to go to the temple, and I, 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 forgot, I can't find my Miss Marmalade. I need, I got I need some help from beyond. And then he's like, uh, like, uh, like uh, then he pretends to, to to weep, and the kids, like, then there's even more kids and more parents, and the parents, it's a little bit over the top. So the parents, even the kids, can pick up on the fact that he's kind of kidding. Then he whispers uh, to Martha to play, like to get over to his boombox to play Village Entrance Theme Number One. And they, say she says, "Okay, okay." And then, uh, he then he goes like, he, like I can't remember this bit. He has something that's really good that, of course, I missed or I forgot. But like something to connect, uh, like like his like sadness to hope. Uh, where he, uh whatever, he does that and he says, well, then I have a great idea. That gives me a great idea. Maybe a kid, I think what happens is he waits for somebody to sneeze or whisper. I think it must be that, like situational. Maybe someone sneezed, that was it. And then he pulled out tissues, clown style, thousands of tissues. And and that's when he gets the idea. I don't know if he does it if no one sneezes. Uh because then he does like a bit, like a, what do you call that? A mime bit where he's trying to pull back the tissues and it's too hard. And then he says, Oh, and he says, Do you think you could all help me? And then if anyone isn't there, he calls, he says, Ladies, come over here, come over here. Who believes in the power of magic? And he goes, I've like uh, misplaced Miss Marmalade, or I can't, I don't remember. Again. Uh, and everyone goes, who like who, who's Miss Marmalade? Uh, and he says, well, not my cat. He goes, it's a he goes, it's a magical ball, my crystal ball, uh, Miss Marmalade. And uh, he says, I can't. And he, he says, I looked everywhere. And he says, sometimes she gets the idea of like going off on her own. So I have to like, uh, I have to bring her back. Uh, and, and he says, do you want, do you think you want to help? Do you think you want to help me? And I say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, this usually works. He goes, the first time I met her, I was off on an adventure. And then he like still has the, the, uh, and this is very cool stuff. And believe me, Mar- at this point, Marta and Mr. England are like, uh, a jackpot. Too bad we lied about the circus in Bucharest, but we'll figure that out. Because uh, he has all these tricks. like he, So he has this, like a uh, string of handkerchiefs, but then he starts swinging it like a rope and telling this elaborate tale of climbing the Alps or, like, obviously the local mountain range or wherever. Uh, I don't know, but, but like, all the mountain ranges of the world, cause, but, it, like, let's just say the Alps. And somehow he like throws it up in the air and it like sticks and then he pretends he's climbing. He doesn't actually climb, but I don't like, I don't know how he made it. Like just handkerchiefs into a rope that like, and then maybe into a stick. I don't know the illusion, but he talks about how he's going into Moiti caves and uh, like he was adventuring there looking for this rare ice they had like that, he his mother liked to drink. So then he gets silly again and, like, does an imitation of his mother. Like, and he, like, he's, he, like, asked the kids if they have to do chores because he says, this was my chore to climb the Alps and bring this ice back to me, mother. And he, he was, like, uh, he even, then he tells, play the moiety theme or whatever to Marta. And then he says, he, like, he's, he was in the cave and, uh, Like he was looking at the ice and he saw this ice glowing further on and then he slipped and he fell in this uh, giant ice, you know, like kind of polar bear would ride. And he said it was like a boat ride. It was in this river in the cave. And he said he's traveling through the river and he goes into uh, like this giant glowing room and he said, there's a wizard in there. And the wizard says, oh, finally you're here. And he goes, oh no! He goes, I just need, to, I'm just here for ice for my mother. And then he does, he, he, said, have you ever met a wizard to the kids? And the kids say, uh, you know, depending on the air. I think at this, they said, no, no, no. And they said, well, there's some unpleasant wizards, and this was one of them. And then he said, I was telling about my mother, and then he was like wanting me to, you know, be quiet. And he's like, I'm just here for ice for my mother's drinks. Uh, like, I got to get back to the village. I can't uh, stay for much longer. And he goes. Oh, the, the wizard says, "Well, you're going to be staying for a long time." He goes because uh, look around. We're not just in a cave. And that's when he realizes, like, they're in like a like uh, an ice bubble. It looked like like a giant globe. And this, this, uh, the, 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 busker says, I well, like, I don't understand. Uh, like, uh, and he goes, well, this is, he goes, like, this is, he goes, I don't know how you got in here, but he goes, I, he goes, I think, uh, I'm going to swap spots with you. Cause uh, this is my prison. I'm the wizard Moiti. And long this is a whole nother tale, you know, but he goes, long ago, you know, I think he links it back to his mom. He says, you know, my parents, I didn't do my chores so he hams it up for the parents and starts to like soften them up, you know, your kid, you know, like for a tip later, you know, well, do you get paid for your chores? So a lot of banter, really, really well done. Also, he was doing like, he had other props, uh, but he says, Oh, no, no, you won't. He goes, What do you like? Uh, he goes, I'm trapped within this uh, bubble. Uh, and, and then, uh, uh, like he's, he like he says, well, I'm not saying I got to get this ice back to me, mother, and, and I'm not gonna stay here with you. So then he says, there's a chase, and he said I couldn't believe there's other rooms within this bubble. But then there's a red red cave room, and then I get into this room it was Wark's room or something. And he said I'm in here in Wark's room, and he's trying to hide from the wizard. And he had his cheek up against like the the wall of the i guess of the bubble uh and he said, said I'm just trying to because i'm sh-. and then he was like, "I wonder if I could melt this bubble and get out of here." and then he said, "I felt the bubble speak back to me, and he said, "You can your warmth uh, like think of your mother and your warm feelings and then he had a like then he used that to make the audience laugh. But he said, "I need some ice for my mother," and then the bubble kind of. This is this is the short version. But you know, the bubble said, "Well, I'll need your help uh, uh, to keep Moity with within the the, the the in here, and uh, so that no one uh, else stumbles upon his prison again." You know, that like this, and he, then they, he said, "That's when I met Miss Marmalade." Then he does a thing like Miss Marmalade, and this is very elaborate, not good for a sleep podcast, very visual. Uh, but basically, up like he still had the pretend mountain climbing thing. Then up at the top, you see the shiny like a uh, flash of a like a like a, a ball, a crystal glass ball, with something glowing in the side inside. You don't know if it's the reflections. And I guess technically it's called the Fushigi Ball. I didn't know this because I thought it was like, ma- I, you know, I like thought it was his creation, magical creation. Uh, but then it rolls down the handkerchiefs into his hand, and he says, well, perfect timing, Miss Marmalade. I wish I would have paid attention when with the name because it doesn't, it doesn't seem to fit, but at the same time it does because the kids, and then he's talking and he's doing these like, uh, like, a like, I think these Fushigi things, I did watch a YouTube video, and they're like those balls that seem to levitate. Now, this one, it seemingly levitated. It didn't seem to levitate. Uh, it was like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, uh, like it was. this was high. If it was Fushigi art, this was the, the, the pinnacle of Fushigi art. And so then he's doing things, and then they're kind of he's re like uh, closing out the adventure of how they he escaped and she shrunk down, and like uh like he like he was supposed to rescue her, then he brought back like he didn't have the ice was my, So then he said, I started, you know, I made a deal with uh, Miss Marple. I miss her name's not Miss Marmalade, but uh like in order to keep uh. Uh, the, the Moody in the uh, prison, uh, like, uh, and he says, play Catherine's prelude. Like he goes, uh, he goes, we still weren't sure. Cause the, the, the globe was shaking, you know, and I got it back to my house. And, uh, and I, so I think I got ahead of myself, like, uh, and then the mother was trying to do like, what is this? Maybe we'll sell this for ice. And they said, no, 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 no. And he said when he was struggling with his mother, he realized that it was, uh, sapping the wizard of the wizard's power. And so then he said, well, then I got away from, you know, my mother because, uh, like I earned my freedom from her, uh, as her, you know, ice, uh, because I bolted. And he goes, so now I have to do these tricks with the, the, the ball, like, uh. Like to keep the wizard so the wizard goes to sleep. It's kind of like rock. And then, and then he goes, Did your parents ever rock you to go to sleep? And all the kids are like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being rocked by my parents. And uh, yeah, he goes, Yeah, they just, you know, they'd sing you a song like the again the lullaby. And the kids are like, Again lullaby. And he goes, Well, that's a lullaby I sing to Moiti. Uh, but he goes, it's actually more of a, he goes, he goes because of the prison and, and then he, but then he also does stuff cause the kids don't buy it, of course. So a lot of the tricks, and I don't know if I guess a sleep podcast, isn't the best place to promote, uh, the greatest, uh, Fushiki performer ever, you know, but then he pretends, I think that like, maybe like, I'm trying to think if I should tell you about the climax of the show, yeah, uh, 'cause cause I think he says, uh, cause I think I missed a part where he, so he goes and gets it. Then at some point he realizes he gets out and then he makes a deal to uh, like with, uh, the magical orb, Miss Marmalade, uh, to shrink down, uh, to have him hold it and guard it. I think he becomes a guardian of Marmalade. That was one the kids laughed about. Uh I think, at least in the places where people know, Mar- maybe he calls it uh, Miss Jam, and other places or Miss uh, Jelly. And then he talks about the thing with his mom. I covered that. I missed something in there about. Uh, I think at one point, maybe that, maybe maybe I'm like uh, like I think that then the wizard one night comes to him. Uh, oh, cause I think like, uh, he, he gets homesick. I think that's the other thing with the kids. He uses that one, the heartstrings and also uses it to get the tips. Cause he says, oh, like, you know, I moved away and I learned to do these tricks to kind of ri Maybe he did. Yeah. He just says, okay, that's it. Cause then he says, uh, yeah, all my tricks are lullabies to put the wizard to sleep. And so then he does some tricks. Maybe there's slow motion. Maybe that's to Catherine's theme. I think also Martha had never queued up the music for this performance before. So it's not, you know, wasn't perfect. Uh, but then he says one, like, I think the, the climax. Oh, boy. I knew I remembered the climax. Oh, that's what it is. Uh, he, he becomes homesick. So that's because the, then the wizard, uh, when night comes to him. Like, oh, singing all the lullabies and everything. He starts to miss his mother. And I think because he's, maybe he's in Iceland. Because that would be, you could probably make that funny for kids. And that would make sense. And so then uh, one night the wizard comes to him in his dream. And he's a very nice wizard now. He's gotten so much good sleep from being rocked and lullabied. I mean, you think about a a good place to sleep, like an orb, like climate controlled by magic, you know, is a good place to sleep. Like, uh, with some padding and and stuff like that, like clouds. But so let's see, where was he? So the wizard, uh, comes to him in his dream and he says, I see a fissure in you. You miss your mother. And then he shows, like, this is very, this is a little bit, like, par for the course. Like, he shows him the movie, like, about his mom within the globe. And she's missing her son. And then a fissure opens up in the thing. He says, like, it's very emotionally resonant. And then he's, like, even sitting. And somehow, I guess, like, I don't know the technology. But at some point, he's sitting in the audience. And this is projected, like, a. Like the, the the you're seeing this, the audience is seeing this. So this is like some V like it's not even VR level. It's AR R- 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 reality, R- R- actual AR actual reality fushigi. Like uh, somehow, I mean, presumably he's projecting an image within the the fushigi ball, and you know, like pretty, I guess the fidelity was pretty good. Cause, so then he the the busker. He's sitting there watching it with the family, like of his mom. And, and then he, then he does more of the show. Oh, maybe I should go back. Then it gets into more Miami thing where he's like, like showing his emotional pull and pull, like with the ball, little interpretive dancey. I mean, I don't want to, like, like I said, geez, like, uh, I mean, if I was telling this story, we would have had like one less plot point or, and no, I guess two more plot points. Or plot points, uh, but he has this whole thing with the ball and the back and the fourth, uh, and deciding and uh, like uh, like should I go into the ball? Then he gets interactive with the kids and the parents, and then you know the wisdom of children. Like he finds a kid with a mom, and he says, "Well, would you go?" with Like, and then the kid says, "Well, no, no, there's a, you have to keep the wizard in there. You could just go home and visit your mom." Not by magical rift, just go home. And he says, Oh, thank you, thank you. Then he, this is a little cheap too. He, like, he says, Well, the train tickets are so expensive. And he says, Well, who would want to help? Like, and I said, Man, I don't know if, like, this is ethical. Uh, he says, Well, like, and of course, he get like, he rolls it in. Like, people are like, Well, because whoever would want to help me go visit my mom, uh, you know, do, do you just throw in a few dollars, you know, like, uh, and even like Mister. But I mean, it's rough out there being a busker. So who am I to judge? Uh, but don't worry, because then he get, once he gets everybody's money, he t- he does this like he does a climax where he says, then I realize that there was still a fissure. Within the thing, and like, cause then Miss Marple, Miss Mar, whatever they call Miss Marmalade, called him, and so then he does a whole nother show, like a climax, like uh, where there's he's battling the wizard and you're trying to get the wizard back to sleep, and and then like using the thing, like, like he said, well, do, have you ever do? Who has a, a older brother, older sister? and then you know then cuz then he becomes out with this uh, like uh, very um like soft martial arts uh, solution you know non conflict oriented he said jesus arguing with your siblings ever work so really the parents are getting the, you know the the money is getting money the you know and then another thing like with fireworks inside the fushigi ball And then finally, like, like then this heartbeat within the Fushigi ball that's raising him up off the ground. And then he really does, he climbs up that rope that he, like, whatever mechanism he had must be really strong because he pretends the Fushigi ball is pulling him upwards up the Alp, the rope that he had going up the Alps and, like, levitating him, which totally mesmerizes. Then there's fireworks. Then he must pull like a little, another Fushigi ball, a miniature one that's uh, like has an ice projection. And then he plugs it out and, uh, like brings it back down and like pl- pl- drops it in a drink, uh, and then like sits down exhausted. And uh, then the show, like, like the show's over, but he does sell like a cheap, uh. Pretty much like a, like one of those light up ice cubes uh, to the kids too, if they want that. And of course, like after the show, like uh, I mean, you know, it's not perfect. Like it could use refinement, but Martha and Mister England Barry are like, holy cow! Uh, by the way, we're not the most ethical. We don't have a we don't have a circus yet, and we we don't we're not we're heading towards Bucharest in search of performers and they said, would like, they didn't even know what Fushigi was much like me. And I don't know if that's a brand name, so I don't even know. I mean, that's just like the dot, like, uh, but I guess I don't know what you'd call it. Like a glass, like, like, uh, what is it called? What do they call them? Crystal ball. But, but the Fushigi's more of the levitation part and bringing it to life. Uh, so they say, geez, well, the, the, like, uh, so that was how the first uh, uh, Plutonic performer of, uh, it weird that the, like, uh, the ventriloquist dummy wasn't there. But, uh, yeah, and that's how, uh, I don't even, I never cat, caught the dude's name. I would say Phil Fushigi, but maybe that's, an, I couldn't, you know, me. But yeah, that's a little bit about the uh, first platonic performer hired by the Purple People Circus. Uh, good night. I want to thank everybody on Twitter. Jelly Sack, uh, Alexandra S, uh, Texas Beck, uh, Poor Billy Heather, Atomic uh, April, uh, Devil Guy, uh, Lauren M., Peachy, uh, Wither and Bloom Tea, thanks and good night, thank you and good night. Bubblegum Heart, uh, Six Strong, thanks and good night. Uh, 10F10, thanks and good night. At uh, least S to the P, thanks and good night. Jason P, thank you and good night. Uh, thrifty Stitcher, thanks and good night. Uh, Uh, Laura G to the J, thank you, and good night. Uh, Anesthesia, thank you, and good night. Osbueno Bueno, thank you, and good night. Uh, Babs, be like Babs, thanks, and good night. Uh, Vanessa C, who recommended a Thrifty Stitcher, thank you, and good night. Sparky Monster, thank you, and good night. Sally W, thank you, and good night. Uh, MLS, uh thank you, and good night. Uh, Mickey B., thank you, and good night. Radio, thanks. Uh, Illusionoid, thanks, and good night. Stephanie L., Lady Steph, thank you, and good night. Uh, Comedy Saves and Mama Le Bon, thank you, and good night. Uh, Thomas F., Tom Does Tweets, thanks, and good night. T to the H to the O to the M, Tom, thanks. Uh, Bear Trap D, if you need some, uh, fitness, uh, check out Bear Trap, Bear Trap Fitness, thank you. Uh, Sad Moon Face Gal, thanks and good night. Uh, Gurley, thank you and good night. Uh, Mosh Jorgen, uh, Court, Court, thank you and good night. Uh, Allie G, thank you and good night. Uh, Leah, thank you and good night. Uh, Allison F., thank you, and good night. Uh, Levin's uh, Carmador Jall, thank you, and good night. Uh, Mixture Hyde, uh, thank you. Thank you for recognizing that, and good night. Lee K., thank you, and good night. Uh, Treyville Spa, thank you, and good night. Uh, Florence R. to the K., thanks, uh, thanks, and good night. Uh Corey Funk, uh thanks, and good night. funkmatic uh, keeping the lights on. Uh Victoria, thank you. Uh Vander uh, can't see your for, for Twitter tag though. Uh Bellancal, call off soaps, thank you, and good night. Sad Miles. Uh, no longer sad, now he's young. And dope, thanks, Miles. Good night. Kaluji Madison, thanks for this, Thank you for letting me know what Kaluji is. Uh, thanks, uh, Callie. Thank you and good night. Jennifer L, thank you and good night. Emily B, thank you and good night. Natalie M to the B, thank you and thanks for writing about the podcast. Bobby F, thanks and good night. Sammy M, thank you and, uh, for talking about the podcast too. Thanks and good night. Uh, Cassie the Human, thank you and good night. Uh, Robert R., thank you and good night. Uh, KT, thank you and good night. Not very Raven, totally Raven to me. I uh, think if that's a good thing, thanks and good night. Meerkat, thanks and good night. Spoon Fed Music, thank you and good night. Tanya uh, to the R, thanks and good night. Megan no, Megamint uh, thanks. I like that saying that. Uh, Beth to the G to the Immer. Thanks and good night, Mary Beth. Thank you and good night, Susan T. Thank you and good night. Uh Erica S. Thanks and good night, Sophie W. Thanks and good night, Chastastic. Thanks and good night. Uh, Nug. Thanks and good night, and Thank you and good night, Andrea W. Thanks and good night. Uh, Thanks and good night, everybody. Sleep well.